This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast. We are based in Southern California, and our mission is for students to connect, grow, and go in their faith alongside other believers. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle CSM Roots. Now, let's get into this week's message. Hi, everyone. My name is Chloe, and I'm the Roots Communications Intern. Today, we are starting a new series called Get Out of My Mind. So to start, I want you to picture this with me. Are you ready? It's 11 p.m. and your stomach is grumbling because it needs a little snack. Yeah, you're already with me. It's late and you are desperately craving a chicken sandwich and you suddenly remember that you have this little app called Postmates that can magically bring you whatever you need to make your stomach feel okay again. So you open it up, find yourself on the Chick-fil-A menu, and before you know it, a chicken sandwich, waffle fries, and a sweet tea are in a stranger's car headed to your house. We've all been there, right? No? Well, then you just got an inside look into my personal eating habits at 11 p.m. This actually happened at summer camp last week. That situation is one I wish I could tell you I made up, but it's been too real for me. It hurts to admit, but I'm not even a super huge fan of Chick-fil-A, but everyone else was getting it, and it sounded so tempting when it was late and I was hungry. It's like in that moment, it's all I can think about. Okay, so now that I've been real with you, let's be real with each other. We all face temptations. And no, Chick-fil-A isn't all that big of a deal unless it leads me to a really unhealthy lifestyle, but that's a different conversation. We all have things that tempt us. It's the temptation to smack your little brother when your stepmom isn't looking. You won't hit him too hard, just hard enough to drive him crazy. It's the urge to stay up late playing video games instead of studying for that test, even though you know you'll be tired and unprepared the next day. It's the desire to bend the truth oh so slightly, just so you don't have to fully explain why you got home late. And then there are temptations that aren't as easy to admit or laugh about. We show up for that test we didn't study for, and we feel really tempted to cheat off the person next to us because the teacher will never catch us. We went to the party, we were tempted to drink, so we did. Then we were tempted to get drunk, so we did. Then we were tempted to lie about what happened. The temptation to just keep going. After school, a friend tempted us to vape. I mean, it's not as bad as smoking, right? But now we're also tempted to hide it from our parents and lie about what we are really using our gas money for. Or we're tempted to say bad stuff about that person because, well, there's no good reason. Sometimes you just want to roast somebody. Or we see that shirt we've been wanting hanging on the rack at the store. We're tempted to grab it and attempt to sneak it out of the store. We stay up late scrolling through our phone and we suddenly feel the urge to go to that website or that profile that we wouldn't be proud to talk about with our small group. The more we think about it, the stronger the temptation gets. We all face temptations of all sorts. And the truth is, sometimes we give in to them and feel terrible about it afterwards. We just want to get the temptations out of our minds and never think about it again. But other times we give in, but we don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal when we do. I mean, what is it that causes us to want to do things we know we shouldn't do in the first place? And is there anything we can do about that? Let's talk about it. But not just through my own thoughts and opinions. Instead, I want to go back a couple thousand years and share a real experience that can help all of us when we face temptations. It may come as a surprise, but Jesus actually experienced temptation too. Yes, the guy that is actually God in human form was tempted to do some things that were not right. 
It's also true that he never gave in to temptation once. Instead, he lived a perfect life. Here's what that means. Temptation is not bad. Everyone experiences it. It's our response to temptation that matters. In fact, if you've ever been mad at yourself or annoyed for feeling tempted about something, here's what I can tell you. Jesus isn't mad at you. He's been there and he wants to help. As we look at Jesus' story as it was written by one of his closest friends, Matthew, we see one of the first things we need to deal with when it comes to facing temptation. Let's look at Matthew 4, verses 2 through 4. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. You have Jesus feeling hungry like me before Chick-fil-A splurge, 40 days without eating. Can you believe that? I could never do that. The tempter was really trying to get Jesus out of his mind. And hello, who is the tempter? This tempter is later referred to as the devil. And it makes you wonder what Matthew is talking about because there are several different images that come to mind. Maybe you hear that and think about the spooky guy from Halloween movies or the little dude sitting on your shoulder telling you to do bad things. Or you are thinking about the devil, like the enemy of all things good and holy. Honestly, it's been debated about what that means. However, that isn't as important as knowing that the Greek word Matthew used when he wrote this down many years ago meant tempter. And that's important because we all face tempters. Maybe we wouldn't call it the devil, maybe we would, but there's a lot that could fall under that category. Maybe a friend who tries to convince you to do something that you know you shouldn't do, an ad or picture that catches your eye and causes your mind to wonder, the voice of temptation that pops in your mind and urges you to do something that you know is wrong. We all know what it's like to feel a nudge from the tempter. And what's odd is that thousands of years after Jesus was tempted, that voice of temptation often takes its first shot at tripping us up by using the same tricks. It tempts us not by focusing on what we are doing, but by focusing on what we believe about who we are. Here's what I mean. Just before Jesus faced these moments of temptation, God literally spoke and said this, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God affirms Jesus' identity as valuable, accepted, and loved. But when the tempter approaches Jesus, he says, if you are the son of God. The first thing the tempter questions is Jesus' identity. If he can get Jesus to forget who he is, then maybe Jesus will forget how much he matters. If the tempter could get Jesus to forget how much he matters, then maybe Jesus would do something he wouldn't normally do. In reality, this plays out with you and me when we are tempted as well. If I think, I'm never good enough for my parents, so I'll never be good enough for anything. Who cares then if I mess up my future? Why should I even try? Or I'm not popular and no one really likes me, so I'll just treat other people badly so I can feel better about myself. I'm not really worth much, so I'll use my body like it's not worth much, because at least a hookup feels valuable in the moment. I'm not smart enough to pass this test anyway, so why should I study? It won't help. I'm a bad person, so I also may think that I deserve bad things, or it makes sense for me to do things that aren't good for me. On the flip side, if I think that I matter, I'll make decisions that protect my future. If I think that I'm a good person, 
I'll aim for good actions. If I think I have a part to play in God's plan for the world, I'll work hard and find opportunities to serve others. Here's the point. Who I think I am changes what I do. What I think is true about me influences what I do. That's why temptation starts by trying to convince us that we are something we're not. All of us have a wrestling match going on between who God says we are and thoughts that say the exact opposite. It's challenging to make sense of what's true about us versus the lies that come from the tempter. That's why it's so important to choose to believe that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Think of it this way. Let what God says about you influence what you do. This isn't just about feeling better about ourselves. For many of us, what we think about ourselves spills into our actions. How we see ourselves is either building up our lives or tearing our lives down. And of course, controlling those thoughts is easier said than done, right? You can't control every thought that pops up in your brain. That's why I think another writer and leader named Paul, who had his own life-changing encounter with Jesus, writes this in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This means that we can actually take hold of these tempting, untrue thoughts, whether they're coming from our own minds or from things others have said about us, and remind ourselves of what God says is true instead. Let me show you what I mean. <laughs> Do you know what this is? It's a bug catcher. I love this thing. Here's how it works. You just open it up, catch the bug right inside there, and then you can just release them outside unharmed. You can't control the thoughts that pop up in your mind. Thoughts like, I'm stupid, or I'm worthless, or I'm a loser. And that way, they're a lot like bugs. Often, you have no idea where they come from, why they're there, and you can't stop them from popping up. But Paul tells us that you can take them captive. You don't have to let those thoughts fly around wherever and stay as long as they want. Taking them captive means paying attention to them and catching them like a bug that flies around your head. So how do we do this? Here are two steps you can take to get started. Number one, think about what you think about. Pay attention to your thoughts and what you're tempted to believe about yourself. You don't have to believe negative things people say about you and don't just let unhelpful or unhealthy thoughts stay in your head. Instead, choose to pay attention to what's going on in there. Number two, replace what's untrue with what's true. A great place to find what's true is scripture in the Bible. The stories and words written by people whose lives have been shaped by God can be helpful reminders of what's true about you. You can also turn to friends or a small group leader that you trust who will help you see what's true. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we have small group, because everybody needs somebody who will remind us what's true and good about us. Our life groups are starting back up this September, and we'd love to have you. We all have doubts about who we are and how God made us. But for a moment, imagine if those thoughts aren't true. What if you're not bad, worthless, shameful, broken, or stupid? How would your life be different if you stopped letting lies about your identity influence what you do? What would your internal conversations look like? And listen, this isn't just a teenager thing. Temptation is a human thing. We're all tempted to do things when we know we shouldn't. And oftentimes when we give in, it's because our minds have convinced us that we're not who God says we are. This week, I want you to imagine how your life might look different if you let what God says about you influence what you do. So let's pray. 
Dear Lord, thank you for everyone who is watching right now. And I just pray that they will know how worth, how much worth they have and how valuable they are and how loved they are because of you. And I pray that they will fill their minds with your truth um, and that they will rebuke the lies and get them out of their head and just fill it with all the good things you say about them. And I pray that they will have friends and mentors who can who can um, tell them these things and tell them how loved and how valuable they are. And I just pray that we all have a great week and keep reminding ourselves of those truths. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.